1: It is designed to help you build your own self-improvement programme and is perfect for the ADHD brain.
2: And you can get $50 off the course just by using the code SOBER, S-O-B-E-R. So if you're tired of feeling stuck and don't know where to start, listen to the I Have ADHD podcast.
1: The kettle's boiled, Vic.
2: Great. Perfect timing. Just a dash of milk for me, please, mate. Here you go. Shall we get started then? Have you ever woken up on a Sunday morning and said, I'm never drinking again, and then found yourself waving 50 bucks at a barman by happy hour?
1: Are you wondering why everyone else can stop at one while you head to a dodgy afterparty with a weird bloke called Disco Dave? If so, it might be time to take a deeper look at your relationship with your reliable social crutch, alcohol.
2: On each episode, we'll investigate our own dysfunctional dealings with booze and find out if it's possible to stop this deeply ingrained habit before things get too messy.
1: Yep, we're going to open up a shame shed of humiliating drinking stories to help you understand why waking up from a booze coma each weekend with a kebab sticking out of your top pocket might actually be negatively impacting your health.
2: Hamish and I are here to delve into what it's like being sober, an unwanted warts and all look into why giving up those cheeky pints or putting down those mummy wines will make you feel happier, help your anxiety and mental health and turn you into the most sparkly authentic version of you
1: will that mean, mean i become boring though, Vic?
2: Well, Hamish, we'll just have to wait and see. I'm Victoria Vanstone. I'm Hamish Adams-Cairns. And this is Sober Awkward.
1: So this week was John's birthday. Yep. And we had a little dinner out, didn't we, Vic? We did, lovely little dinner out. And we were having a lovely time, weren't we? We were having a lovely time. Until the waitress came up and
2: she said something which got under your skin. Okay, so I know that there's going to be some (laughs) some listeners that are nodding along with this. And there's going to be some that are really, really cringing, aren't
1: there? It, for me, it felt like my insides went tight, I got very, very tense, I couldn't make eye contact with her, yeah. and I felt on edge for the rest of the night.
2: Okay, so what happened is now, where we live in near Noosa, they have two sittings in a restaurant, but I booked the restaurant for 5.30, obviously, a very really? sober time to have dinner, and... They came up to the table and said we couldn't have dessert because we needed to leave at seven because the table had been rebooked. But they hadn't told me that on the phone and it was my husband's birthday and I felt kind of angry inside.
1: Well, three of us went, oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. We can be out of here by seven. It was about a quarter to seven when she said that. <laughs> and then Vic went silent for a bit. And then before the waitress could leave, she went, just a minute, um... I will be having dessert, thank you. <laughs> and the woman went, uh, um, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure that's, I'll just go. Yes, I'm sure that's fine. I'm sure I'll be okay." And then Vic looked at Lizard Eye, and she went, oh, "Sorry." I never usually do that. And I was like, hang on a minute. Doesn't Lucy hate going out with you because this happens every time you go out? It actually does. You just pretended, oh, this this is sorry. This is so out of character. I was like, oh, I call bullshit on this. I know. Well, I've actually,
2: I thought about it afterwards. The reason is, it's because I don't drink anymore. If I go out for dinner, I want it to be right. It's the same with having my eggs cooked and they have that weird runny gunk on top. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, why are you serving me this? Like, I am, and I will complain. Because I'm not drunk, I notice everything.
1: <laughs> yeah, you have said that. Food's more important now because yes. alcohol's not in.
2: food and service. I'm yeah. like, don't really bring me in your restaurant. Make, you know, take ages to cook the meal and then turf me out just as I'm about to relax and have my pudding.
1: See, that, to be fair, it did take a long time to give us our mains. So you did yeah. have a leg to stand on. I did have two legs to stand but on. But still... Me being British, I could have watched them spit on my food and I wouldn't have complained.
2: I did say to the lady, you didn't tell me we had to leave here at seven. I will be
1: having a dessert. <laughs> there was a bit of passive aggressive. Don't get in between Vic and a, was yeah. it? It was a passion fruit. Well, what was it? What was oh, dessert? it was a coconut passion fruit panna cotta. Don't like my get thing. in between Vic and a coconut passion fruit panna cotta. <laughs> she will eat you alive. I will. <laughs> Now, <laughs> uh, from passion fruit panacottas yes. to running, and I'm scared that starting this episode with a story about me being on a run. Will come across a bit wanky.
2: Yeah, it is a bit wanky. Yeah, I was just sipping on a green juice while meditating. It'll be the same sort of thing. Oh, it's also it? an yeah.
1: equally wanky start to a story. It is. So that's what I'm a bit worried about. What I'm really concerned is, is that people are going to be listening to this episode whilst lying in bed, eating pizza, cracking into like a fifth hour of Netflix, maybe even drinking a glass of, of wine, yeah. and we'll go. You asshole! you're coming across high and mighty, you're guilt-tripping me by starring an episode st- talking about being on a run. I
2: think so. I think they probably are thinking that, Hamish. Yeah. And if they are calling you a twat, well, I can't help.
1: But agree. Yeah. Nor can I actually. No. I do have my moments of twattiness. Yes, you're a twattish. Um, but rest assured, I do have your best intentions at mind. I will bring this around. Okay, okay good. So this not yeah. complete me just reveling in the fact that I went on one run in the last two years that I'm talking about it on the
2: podcast. I was going to say, sometimes I do worry when you start this podcast. I'm not sure what you're
1: talking about. Okay, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, where's it going with this? Every episode, I'm like, how is this related? See, for me, I get to the end of the episode, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> (laughs) You didn't bring it back round. We're just talking about panna cotta. I could talk about panna cotta all day. (laughs) Okay. So this is the story. Okay. So remember how I had that friend of mine that came to stay and then my bum was sore after he left? Oh, yes. Same friend. So he took me on this run and... During it, I was talking about that Huberman Lab episode, which we talk about all the time on this on this podcast. It was a good episode. We are big at promoting other podcasts on our podcast. I hope Huberman does that about us. Actually. Okay, hopefully. Really helpful. Um so yeah, I was talking about the brilliant episode about alcohol and how, you know, no amount of alcohol is is recommended, basically. And he said, he said, What do you think Huberman would say to the following question? Which immediately made me think. This is a question for me, not for Huberman. You know, the way he phrased it. Oh, I was like, okay, okay. Yeah. I see you're hiding behind this, this question. He said, look, humans have been consuming alcohol for hundreds of years. It's always been normal. It's always been accepted in our society. But our life expectancy continues to increase. What would Huberman say about that? Oh, it's such an interesting question. I know. So I had a few reactions to that question. Initially, I felt a little bit attacked. Then I thought, you know, that is actually a fair point. Mm. Then I thought, hasn't human society got it so wrong in the past, on numerous occasions. And finally, I thought, fuck society, fuck what anyone else thinks. And finally, I pulled down my trousers and peed on a granny who was stumbling past.
2: (laughs) That poor granny, Hamish.
1: Yeah, but rock and roll. Very rock and roll.
2: (laughs) But I guess it's a bit like breakfast being the most important meal of the day or milk being good for you, for your bones. Or if a penny's dropped from the Eiffel Tower, it could kill someone. Or adults can't generate new brain cells. These are all things Mm. that we're told, aren't they? Anyway, what I'm saying is there are so many social myths that we have never, ever really questioned. We just do them because, well, we always have.
1: Exactly. I haven't been so stumped by a question since the time I was asked which compartment in the washing machine the powder goes into. Oh do you yeah, wear that? yeah. I don't there's know. the left one, there's the right one, there's that middle little weird one that looks like maybe it's for liquid. Yeah. What, do you go left or right? No. Well, John does mine. I think the butler probably did yours. That's a good. We haven't got a clue. <laughs> you've <laughs> never clue. done your own washing. Of like, course, you've never mowed the lawn.
2: When I was a backpacker, I used to turn my knickers inside out, not oh. wash them, and yeah. then <laughs>
1: wear them back to front, and you get three days out of it. Yeah,
2: I get four days. <laughs> <Yeah>. I reckon. <laughs> I didn't really do that. Just didn't saying, not I? No, no, I never, never really did that. No, never,
1: never. I think I've done that. I, I just didn't wear underwear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you do know the answer to the question, which laundry compartment does the laundry powder go into? Please do email in <laughs> vicandhomeish at soberawkward dot Yeah. I've honestly, I've got no idea. Literally, not a clue. I've just, I, I rotate to be honest I'm going to go left sometimes right sometimes I don't know what the other compartment's for nor do I no, Not a, no I don't think anyone does no okay they're, they're, I've never read the instruction manual of. No. now that I'm sober I'm going to spend my days in yes. reading instruction manuals of laundry you've got a huge machines. opportunity here <laughs> <to> <laughs> expand your mind yeah, the truth is that I found this such a fascinating question because when it comes to alcohol there is an enormous gap and so much confusion between what is considered acceptable in society what we call normal and what the science says is healthy or unhealthy you know when you have an argument with a partner or anyone in your life really and it isn't until you get into bed that night that you think of all the great things that you could have said to like to win the argument do you have that? Yeah, yeah, I have that all the
2: time. So like I, say, oh, I should have said this. I should have said that.
1: I always have that. So what I should have said when he asked me that question is, sure, although our life expectancy might be on the rise, which is most likely down to improvements in medicine, should we not instead be focusing on our quality of life? We are seeing concerningly high levels of anxiety and depression across the world. I'm not saying that alcohol is the root of all the world's problems, but to take alcohol consumption and life expectancy as the only perimeters from which to make a judgment <laughs> is wildly inaccurate. I didn't say that though. Yeah, that, I would don't have think been, I said that would have
2: been amazing if you'd said wouldn't that. It? Yes, I'm not that smart. No, you know would have I redeemed said. yourself, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. Like, no. what did you say? Oh, I don't know the answer to that, mate. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Oh,
1: look at the pair of tits on her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, I can imagine. No, you're not that smart. You probably made a fart noise and then ran off giggling. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> But in true English style, in today's episode, we are going to be transporting you to the London Underground and warning you to mind the gap. So please stay behind the yellow line. A train is approaching the platform and be careful not to trip and fall into the trap of thinking you're drinking. Can't be that bad because society says it ain't.
1: Vic, you know how we like to live our lives proving that sobriety isn't boring? Hell yeah. Well, how's this for a start with story? I was reading the Australian Mental Health First Aid booklet earlier this week.
2: Oh, yeah, so you do actually read booklets. <laughs> I do,
1: yeah. <laughs> Bloody hell. Okay, well, the only other book I had was yours, and there's no way I'm reading that no, shit. No, don't but read that this shit. This was <laughs> much better. The Australia's Mental Health First Aid booklet.
2: That's so weird, Hamish. Was it to do with Sunny? was it? No, no, no. i are just reading it for I was pleasure.
1: Yeah, a friend of mine had it on the table. Having a wank. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, that's my Ooh, filthy, bandit, that's my bandit, filthy books. It's, it's naughty books. Do you want me to write, you know how, how books have got quotes on the start, right, on yeah. the front cover, do you want me to write, a million wasted, a thousand wasted Sundays, not quite as good as Australia's mental health first aid book?
2: Yeah, you can be my endorsement quote. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, Actually, I, I did say the most sober thing in the whole world to you, didn't I, yesterday <laughs> as you were leaving my house. I looked around my doorframe and said to Hamish, Oh, the jasmine is blooming.
1: I think it was, <laughs> check out my jasmine. <laughs> okay, check out my jasmine. Yeah,
2: that is quite sad. Yeah. It is
1: blooming though and it is looking nice. It is, it smells lovely. Yeah. Mm. So the booklet contains a definition of what a substance use problem is, which I thought was a nice place to start today's episode. Now, bear in mind, I am 100% confident that I didn't have a problem with alcohol and you felt like you didn't for the first time. 30-odd years that you drank? Correct. So, here
2: it is. For a person to have a substance use disorder, it's said in Hamish's special wanky book, their substance use problems must have an adverse effect in their life during the past year in two or more of the
1: following areas. So, Vic, as we go through these, I want us to tally up our scores as we go. And I invite you, the listeners, to do the same. Remember, if you score two or more then by definition you had or have a substance use problem, okay? So
2: the first one is the substance is often taken in larger amounts for a longer period than intended.
1: The person wants to cut down use but finds it difficult.
2: A lot of time is spent obtaining the substance, using it or recovering from its effects.
1: You experience cravings to using the substance.
2: Your repeated use affects your ability to fulfil your work, school or home responsibilities.
1: Your repeated use is causing ongoing problems with other people.
2: Your other important activities are neglected because of the substance use.
1: Your repeated use in situations is causing physically hazardous situations like driving a car or using machinery whilst under the influence. Oh, God,
2: imagine if I was using machinery under Blimey. the influence. That would be is bad. Is that not what you did to no. your finger? Yeah. <laughs> I said that sort of machinery, yeah, <laughs> a lighter. Your continual use, despite knowing you have a mental or physical health problem caused
1: by the substance... Your tolerance for the substance is increasing with time, so you require more to reach whatever your desired effect is. You experience withdrawal symptoms. Okay, so there are 11 there, and we're looking at how many of these have affected you over the last year.
2: Okay, that's so interesting. Obviously, the last year of my drinking, I'd yes. say they're Hamish, yeah.
1: So at best, I think my score was 4. During my heaviest years of drinking, it was probably closer to a six. What about you, David? Vic?
2: Um, I said on here that I was probably a 10. I went through them, perhaps not to the extreme, but they all hit a note. Yeah. Which was interesting. Even though I hate to admit it, I could identify with every single one of them.
1: Remember, neither of us were what society would call alcoholics. And yet anything over a score of two is a substance use disorder by its very de- definition. You scored oh. 10, <laughs> I scored somewhere between four and six. Yeah. We had an alcohol use disorder. I agree with you, and I we
2: often question this one with you, but it's yep. actually quite clear, isn't it? That's, yep. what,
1: that's what that fantastically interesting book said. Yep. Now, in your personal experiences, what was it that convinced you that you didn't have a problem or a substance use disorder?
2: Well, it's all the things we bang out all the time. Bang out.
1: Bang out. <laughs> Sounds a lot it's like a masturbation. Wank. I've got a wank on my head. <laughs> I've got a wank on... <laughs> You've got a wank on your head? I wonder what, oh, that, what that was dangling out of your hair. <laughs> I thought you just missed a bit of condition. Oh, it always
2: it? gets rude. Our podcast, doesn't it? It's always really sexually. I got wank on my head, <laughs> on my mind. I meant. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like your
2: mum said the other day. No, 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 no? Okay. no, no. It's not. We can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> People are like, "What did your mum say?" Email us like... directly. me, we'll yeah. Let <laughs> Um, The problem was with me was that the people I surrounded myself with drank to the same extent, of course. So why would I ever question it if everyone around me is doing the same Mm. thing? I believed it was normal to binge drink. There were memes coming up when I was a mum, you know, that reward drinking. Alcohol was everywhere I went. And also I thought, how could it be wrong if the government allow it? It's not banned. Okay, yeah. It's not banned like a drug or heroin or anything like that. The government allow it. So how can it possibly be wrong?
1: So it was what you saw amongst your friends. It yep. was what you saw more generally outside of your friends. Yes. It was what you saw from the government. Yes. And it's what you saw on social media. Yes, every single prong of society normalising it.
2: Exactly. Life. I saw what was depicted as an alcoholic and I knew that wasn't me. Yep. So therefore I carried on. I think the main problem, Hayne, was that I never stopped to question anything. Mm-hmm. I never pause the show to assess what was happening. I just went with the flow, drifted downstream until I hit the rocks, banged my head and sank to the bottom. I never stopped to look around me and query the role that alcohol plays in society. I think that's what
1: society does, right, is you either are an alcoholic or you are not an alcoholic. Yeah. There is nothing in between.
2: Right. And how hard is it to find out
1: where that line is drawn?
2: Mm-hmm. So there's a line in the sand between a normal drinker and an alcoholic. But where is that line? True. That is not clear. Exactly. If that was clearer, people would go, oh, OK, I've stepped over it. Now I need to do something about this. But the problem is, is that there is no line and nobody knows when
1: they've crossed it. And also, we don't know what an alcoholic is. So we try and avoid using the word alcoholic. There's no real definition. Everyone's got a different idea of what it is in their head, yep. which is always... Well, I, not what I am you know yeah. all of us have got an idea what an alcoholic is and we're all 100% confident it's not what we are and I think what
2: you're saying Hamish in this episode is that you know why do people drink it's that question that comes up a lot the question is why do we drink mm-hmm. we're drinking for what reasons is it because of trauma or because of all these other you know really negative things
1: millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom like Evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds It is designed to help you build your own self-improvement program and is perfect for the ADHD brain.
2: And you can get $50 off the course just by using the code SOBER, S-O-B-E-R. So if you're tired of feeling stuck and don't know where to start, listen to the I Have ADHD podcast. ...that have happened in our lives, or is it just because it's fun? And mm-hmm. is that because society is telling us that it's fun?
1: Yeah. Yeah. What about you? So... I told myself that I couldn't have a problem with alcohol because firstly, it never affected my work. I don't think I've ever had a sick day because of a hangover. God, that's a miracle. Hamish. It is, oh, yeah. Are you?
2: one of the only people in the world that has not had a, a yeah. sick day because of I'm, a hangover? I haven't had
1: many jobs. No, that's true. <laughs> didn't have any work, yeah. Um, so yeah, I've, I've never really had high flyer jobs. Um, but for anyone that does, I'm sure they tell themselves, hey, you know, society says I'm successful. I am a boss. I am making X amount. So I can't have a problem with alcohol. So, you know, a lot of us hide behind the story. of, Well, my career is going well; therefore, my dr- my alcohol use has not got to the point where it's a, it's a problem, right? I am successful, whatever yep. that means.
2: I think that's why I worked on the markets and and in really and I had a bar, mm-hmm. is because I never wanted a proper job because I could choose whether I went or not to those jobs yep. because I had a hangover.
1: Yep. Yep. I also never drank alone or in the mornings, so I was like, that's what problem drinkers do. I've never done that, so I can't have a problem. I was able to have periods of sobriety, and I could moderate. I mean, that was probably the biggest one, and a lot of people do that, you know, in January, like if I can do 30 days, then I can't have a problem, or totally. if I can go and have a night out and not end up wasted and thrown up, then I can't have a problem. I certainly did that. Yep. I was also sporty. I was what was considered fit. You know, I was able to run marathons and do triathlons, and I was in all the sports teams, so I was like, well... I'm then alcohol hasn't interfered with that. So there's no issue here. Um, And also I wasn't the heaviest drinker in my circle of friends or even in my family. Mm. So you compare yourself as much as we try not to. You inevitably compare yourself to the group. And if you don't sit at the extreme ends, then what's the issue?
2: Exactly. Okay. So at this point, we have hopefully established what we call a normal drinker. Is in fact somebody living with a substance use disorder? I mean, just look at the two of us. I know I've asked you about this a lot, Hamish, but when you joined this podcast, we both said that you were a normal drinker and that is how we describe you. And that made it okay. But I think that perhaps there is no such thing as that now, Mm. like what we're talking about, or that perhaps any sort of intake is possibly a problem. I'm interested to hear how your opinion of this has developed in the last year.
1: Right. So I think that I am a normal drinker in the eyes of society. Great. Okay, I that's was able what I was to thinking. do all of those things. I yes. could moderate. I could have time off. Never interfered in my work or my sport. I wasn't the biggest piss. All of those things are what society calls a normal drinker. But yeah, then you look at that list, which is you know an official mental health booklet. Yep and if i had a, i had a substance use disorder like okay it's, it's it's not it's not a nice thing to admit
2: no that's what so that's what's i'm finding interesting you're saying that well,
1: because it, well i think it's quite confronting because yeah. anyone listening to this will go hang on my score when you went through that list is certainly above 2 does that mean i have no one wants to think they have a disorder no um, and it's not a nice thing to to think about yourself but i guess on paper that is what I had.
2: But I think we need to take the blame out of that a little bit about mm-hmm. people admitting to a disorder. This is society's disorder. Yeah. It's society that has created this disorder and made us think that it's okay to have it. Yeah. So therefore, it's not our fault. It's all of our influences, mm-hmm. all of our environment and culture and everything is telling us to do this thing. So take the blame out of it. It's not our fault that we're all disordered and trained from to drink from a mm-hmm. very young age. It's actually society's problem. Yeah, well, yeah. that's
1: what I'm trying to say. Is that there's this enormous gap between what society is saying is normal and what medicine and mental health booklets and science is saying is normal. Absolutely. You might think, well, okay, that's all well and good, but what is a safe amount to drink? What is recommended? What is okay with regards to alcohol? Yeah, I think this is where some confusion kicks in. So according to the National Health and Medical Research Council, it's another wonderful book that's (laughs) far better than yours. (laughs) They were quoted in the mental health booklet saying, for healthy adults aged over 18, we should be drinking no more than 10 standard drinks a week and no more than four standard drinks a day.
2: Although they mentioned that the less you drink, the lower your risk of harm from alcohol, which is like, duh, incredibly obvious. We were shocked by what ten standard drinks a week, or four in a day, actually looks like. Yeah. Have you actually ever done the maths on this? I did the maths. N- why would I? Because I knew that I was drinking way more of that. So I tried to avoid any stats like this because it definitely would have shown me I that I know, had a problem. But
1: this is recommended by the National Health and Medical Research Council. It's I guess, so I, bonkers. I've done the maths, so you don't have to. Okay, good. If you're a beer drinker, ten standard drinks a week. Means that according to the NHMRC, it's easy for me to say that, you can drink 1.2 half pints of full strength beer a day. Okay. You can drink beer every day. And that's totally fine, according to these guys.
2: And if you're a wine drinker, then you go right ahead and drink 1.4 glasses of wine every day. Somehow that is considered acceptable.
1: And yet we're hearing opposing messages from the World Health Organization who published statements saying that when it comes to alcohol consumption, there is no safe amount that does not affect your health.
2: Gosh, it is confusing, Hamish. You can see why we're, you know, I think people will take what they want from exactly. those stats. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Like I was with someone the other day and they were like, yeah i've drink loads of wine it's good for me and blah 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 and i was just thinking well that's the wrong information mm. and it depends it's like you know conspiracy theories it depends where you're getting your information
1: from and who you choose yeah. to listen to it's the same with us going well we eat chocolate but it's 85 percent cacao yeah. so it's good for us mm. hamish don't tell me that 85 <laughs> percent cacao is not
2: good for me i it's live on milk that in it. milk's
1: good for your bones
2: oh god yeah true <laughs> I have it for breakfast is that okay uh. But can I drink a little bit is what people ask. Is it okay to drink every few days? But I heard somewhere a glass of wine is good for you. What do you mean no level of alcohol? I'm not an alcoholic. Stop ruining all the fun.
1: It's important to note here that us drinkers tend to take the word of society over the word of doctors and science. (laughs) Basically because society is telling us that we don't have a problem and can keep drinking and that sounds all right to us.
2: What we don't stop to consider is whether or not society... Might actually be wrong. Is it not
1: possible <gasps> what? that today's society is wrong about acceptable levels of alcohol consumption? Have we not been wrong in the past?
2: Well, didn't it take until 1833 for Britain to abolish slavery? Weren't women in the US not allowed to vote
1: until 1920?
2: Didn't it take until 2023 for Australians to call a referendum to recognise the first people of Australia and establish a body called the Aboriginal and Torres Strait
1: Islander Voice? I hope so. And those are from three countries that we consider developed and modern, not to mention the multitude of places where people are discriminated for their skin colour, gender, religion or sexual preferences.
2: Now, look, this ain't a political podcast, as you probably know. <laughs> we don't know much about anything at all, really. But what we are saying is that us humans have gotten it wrong in the past loads of times. So reassuring yourself that you're drinking is not a problem because society says so might not
1: be so clever. It's time to stop caring about what society says is normal. Go pee on a granny. Don't (laughs) pee on grannies. No, it's time to take responsibility. Stop checking over your shoulder what everyone else is doing and start to take matters into your own hands. If that sounds scary and confronting to you, that's because it is. A little at first.
2: But it's also the most rewarding and empowering part about it. Break out from the crowd. Do something that you know deep down
1: is right for you and own it. We aren't here to tell you to smoke, drink, and stress your way to your hundredth year to prove a a long life is a happy one. We are about quality of life, enjoying every moment and soaking it all in without alcohol.
2: Yeah. Shall we finish with some quotes and an email, Hamish? All right, go on then. We live in a society where people appreciate unique, but mock those who are being unique.
1: And then our disappointing affirmation. If I knew back then what I know now. I would have just fucked up my life differently.
2: Oh, yeah, that is that is actually more... I like that compared to the real one. The yeah. disappointing one is is at least relatable. Should we get that tattooed on you? Yeah,
1: definitely. It would be good to get that kind of thing tattooed on you. Yeah,
2: maybe we should get a tattoo, Hamish. We need to get a sober, awkward tattoo do each, we? don't we?
1: Yeah, we do. Do I get sober and you get awkward? I get sober on my right bum cheek and what? you get awkward on your left bum cheek and then we're, when we're bum to bum.
2: When are we bum to bum? Not often.
1: Not <laughs> often enough. Not since last night. No. <laughs> We
2: had a brilliant complaint. Have we read this out here? I don't think we have. Okay. have. We had a complaint from the lovely Janet Hadley, which is very, very serious, everybody. So I think you need to take heed here. Janet emailed us on LinkedIn, I think it was. Yes. She said, "I' would you're like not to- good on the socials. She emailed us on LinkedIn. She messaged she me on the radio. She on the Facebooks. <laughs> <laughs> she wrote me a letter on the computer. <laughs> I would like to make an official complaint about your podcast. Oh, you know, imagine how much oh, I shit myself, Amish, yeah. because I hate getting these. I was humiliated today in a co-working space, listening on headphones and working away, when I burst into uncontrollable laughter, which culminated with me making a snorting noise like a pig. I feel it is unfair to include such hilarious content reference to the closing remarks on the alcohol and menopause episode in relation to your grandmother's use of sanitary protection. Without a prior warning that this was unsuitable for listening in public places, please include a warning on future episodes to avoid further public humiliation. Yours snortingly, Janet.
1: Love it. Please <laughs> do send Janet. us your complaints. Yeah. Vic and Hamish at <laughs> I feel like if we if we put a warning message before an episode, like "Hey, this is a funny one," yeah. it would definitely be our least funny episode. Yeah, like when well, we did we just did the Sydney show recently. Yes, and Vic went. It's quite near the end. He goes. Ugh this is the bit that I always cry in I was like this is going to be awkward if she doesn't cry I, I didn't, I I didn't cry did. <laughs> I actually was felt like crying and then you said that and I was like oh god I'm not going to cry can't, we can't signpost funny episodes no or do we write a warning like, this is not a funny episode <laughs> yeah, people yeah. will just skip this it. is going
2: to be a very serious one <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah all of our jokes will not land in this episode no. if you want to skip feel free to skip
2: I love this episode Hamish because I just want to have a little roundup of it actually oh, quite now quite rant. quickly I'm going to have a little bit of a rant Go. because I I was watching something yesterday. Actually, I watched a documentary on uh, addiction. It was called Addiction Cape Cod, I think it was on HBO. And it was about how people had gone and gotten pain medication for back problems or been in a car crash and had been prescribed pain medications, so oxycodone and all of these other pain drugs. And then they cracked down on these drugs Mm. because it was becoming a bit of an epidemic, and then people were going out onto the street to buy street-grade heroin, which was causing them to be addicted and a lot of them to die. Mm -hmm. And it was just really fascinating to see how society treated these people. These were normal people. So we're talking about Mm. society, doctors and, and people in society thinking that they're solving a problem with drugs but actually making the problem worse worse, which is what we're talking about in this podcast today is like they're giving you the wrong information, which is in fact means that people don't reach out for help so therefore it's making the problem worse and people are getting drunker and drunker or more and more addicted because the right information isn't out there Mm -hmm. so i think it's really important to start questioning society and start questioning everything and going is this society telling me to do this or is this me where's this coming from have i done my research on things like this because it was scary and what i found out in that documentary was a lot of people were being resuscitated with this narcan which is a an anti it wakes you up from an overdose and it was the same company that were producing the the like the oxycodone and stuff that were creating the narcan so it was like this vicious circle that they were drugging the entire nation but then keeping them alive Mm -hmm. so they could continue buying the drugs it was also fucked up and most of the people that were interviewed in the program died from their from their addictions which were caused by them going to the doctor and getting pain medications
1: i think that story is Similar to this, but the other side of the coin. Yes. I thought like that is don't trust doctors. Yeah. I feel like my one is like, only trust the doctors. Yes. They say don't drink at all. Yeah. Don't trust the society, which is like, hey, you can, yeah. you can drink you half a you beer like. a day. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's so interesting because what we're saying is like, we, it's difficult to know what to do as yeah. a person in society, yeah. whether it's drugs, alcohol, whether you're a doctor, it's, it's hard to know who to trust and it's hard to know where you stand or whether you've got a problem and what's okay and what's not. It's all so confusing. Mm-hmm. So no wonder people are addicted because it is quite overwhelming, the whole thing, yeah. and society doesn't help because of the history and tradition of drinking and everything that's gone on forever before. So looking into things, I think that's what I'm trying to say, is just looking into things and making sure you're getting good information is really, really important.
1: I almost felt like we're sounding like anti government anti vax, anti doctors. I'm like, oh I'm none I'm none of those things. I know, I'm not any of those things. But like
2: it's just interesting to look at and to see like the stats on the government, how much money they make from the sale of beers, yeah. it's something like they tax it and they get something like £10 billion per year in England alone mm, mm. on beer tax. Yeah. So that's why it's legal. It's not because it's fun. It's because the government are making fucking loads of money out of it.
1: It was I met someone recently who did say this. He was like, we will look back, not in our lifetime, but we'll, this period of the world will we'll look back and be like, what were we doing with alcohol? Yeah. Like, I've never thought that we would get there and maybe yeah. we don't won't but it was an interesting thought we go like this is everyone knows this is toxic and everyone's drinking it yeah and it's encouraged to drink more and more and we all just do it you know yeah. it's like at some point we will wise up and be like ah, yeah this is fucking mental let's stop yeah. doing this yeah
2: because we don't question it like i never did like we said in those during the podcast we never stop and question mm. maybe it's time to stop and question
1: is that Keith Richards?
2: I don't know. <laughs> it's it's, it's,
1: it's that, a good voice. Who's that wasn't guy? It?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, something came over me, Hamish.
1: Wasn't you? Was it? No.
2: <laughs> that was so like a weird end
1: with wank on my head.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was like a weird exorcist voice. But that wasn't was. It? I think something came. Not something came over me, but something. Oh God! <laughs> let's just go. <laughs> We're just warbling like a couple of morons. I was trying to be political or something. Oh, then, no, wasn't but that wasn't. then your real brain
1: got back involved. Quick. It is embarrassing. Chat. I a Don't worry, joke. guys.
2: Yeah, I try and do that again. Yeah, against. We're against I the I would government. vote
1: for you if more politicians cracked wank jokes. I would vote for them. I would too, actually.
2: All right, let's just leave it at that, shall we? He's <laughs> <It's> really <laughs> laughing. Uh, bye bye. If you're questioning your relationship with booze, you're struggling to moderate or your hangovers are causing anxiety, it might be time to reach out for some support.
1: Yeah, just talk to a mate about how you're feeling, contact a local doctor, find an AA or sobriety group. Vic's got one.
2: Yeah, just head to
1: www.cuppa.community. Remember, if you're questioning yourself, it might be time to seek support.
2: Even though this journey can be awkward, it is definitely worth it. And if you've enjoyed the sober awkward podcast, don't forget to review it, rate it, and share it with your mates. Do they have to share it with their mates? Yeah, of course they do. I'm not doing this for nothing, eh mish bloody hell. How share it?
0: Imagine.
2: Exclusions apply. See site for details. So, as you probably know, my comedy memoir, A Thousand Wasted Sundays, is officially out. All my magnificent fuck uppery in one awkward hit. If you'd like to get your hands on a copy, it's now available from all good bookstores.
1: We always say all good bookstores, don't we? Yeah.
2: Are, there, are there bad bookstores? Probably ones with moody, moody sellers. Oh, yeah, really yeah.
1: depressed librarian folks. Yes, yes, okay, yes, good.
2: yes. So there are probably some, but we're only storing it in the good ones. It's only
1: made it into the goodies. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you can also get it from all good online retailers. The print version and ebook are out now, and the audio book will be available in March. I've been writing my memoir for five years. It will make you laugh, cry and cringe and hopefully inspire a few people to reconsider their relationship with booze. If you love the podcast, then I think you'll love the book, even if I do say so myself. Hamish has read it. What did you think?